Tuesday, May the 18th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Biden calls for a ceasefire in Gaza, and abortion reaches America's Supreme Court. First, the world in brief. President Joe Biden for the first time called on Israel and Palestinian groups to declare a ceasefire in their eight-day conflict. Mr. Biden told Benjamin Netanyahu, Israel's prime minister, that he was working with Egypt on a proposal to that end. But he also restated his belief in Israel's right to defend itself. And for the third time in a week, America blocked the UN Security Council from condemning the violence. So far, it has killed 201 people in Gaza and 10 in Israel. The United States Supreme Court agreed to hear a case concerning a Mississippi law banning abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Lower courts have blocked the law because it falls foul of Roe v. Wade, a ruling in 1973 that forbids states from blanket abortion bans before fetal viability, usually around 24 weeks. This will be the first abortion rights case heard by the court since Amy Coney Barrett joined, giving it a solid 6-3 conservative majority. Joe Biden said America would send 80 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines abroad by the end of June, 20 million more than previously promised, to speed up worldwide vaccination efforts. Earlier this month, Mr. Biden's administration said patents for COVID-19 jabs should be waived so that more countries could produce their own. European leaders greeted the plan with scepticism, arguing that countries should share existing supplies. Taiwan imposed more power cuts as a heat wave and drought caused demand for electricity to spike and a generation plant failed. Last Thursday, the island imposed similar blackouts after an outage at a power plant in the southern city of Kaohsiung. Taiwan is a leading producer of semiconductors, and its electricity troubles threaten to make the global chip shortage worse. Fighting in Afghanistan between state security forces and the Taliban resumed after a three-day ceasefire announced for Eid al-Fitr, a Muslim holiday. America will withdraw its troops from the country this year, two decades after they first arrived to oust the Taliban. The group may regain control once the Americans leave. Violence has escalated as the Islamists try to increase their influence. The European Union halted plans to increase tariffs on American goods. The two sides agreed to discuss a long-running dispute about their steel and aluminium industries. In 2018, Donald Trump, then America's president, introduced a tariff of 25% on European steel and of 10% on aluminium. The EU responded in kind. Negotiations could end the tit-for-tat trade war. Amazon was reported to have offered about $9 billion to buy Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, the century-old movie studio behind the James Bond films and many other blockbusters. MGM is one of the few studios yet to partner with a new media giant. Yesterday, AT&T confirmed it will spin off Warner Media and combine it with Discovery to create a new streaming behemoth. Fact of the day. Black Americans are twice as likely as whites to be killed by the police. And editor's note. 
We recently introduced two new items to Espresso, a fact of the day, and on Saturdays, a mini-profile of a figure in the news. We would like to hear your opinions of these, good or bad. Tell us what you think by writing to Adam Roberts at editor-espresso at economist.com. And now, here's today's agenda. Back in court, abortion rights. America's Supreme Court announced yesterday that it would hear the biggest abortion rights battle in three decades. The case, Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, considers Mississippi's ban on abortion at 15 weeks of pregnancy. The Gestational Age Act, passed in 2018, is unconstitutional according to Roe v. Wade, 1973, and Planned Parenthood v. Casey, 1992. But Dobbs reopens the question of whether states may ban abortion before viability, the point at about 24 weeks gestation when a fetus can survive outside the womb. The case will be argued in the autumn, a year after Amy Coney Barrett, an avowed opponent of abortion, replaced the liberal-minded Ruth Bader Ginsburg as a court justice. Last June, John Roberts, the Chief Justice, sided with the progressive justices to nix restrictive rules on abortion clinics. But in the hands of the new 6-3 conservative majority, abortion rights seem to be in jeopardy. No respite. Violence between Israel and Gaza. A week into the conflict between Israel and Palestinian groups in Gaza, Israel's bombardment is not letting up. More than 200 people have died in Gaza, 10 in Israel. Hamas and Islamic Jihad, two militant groups, continue to launch rockets at Israeli towns, but are showing signs of slowing down. Attempts to stop the fighting are underway. Hamas, through Egyptian intermediaries, has asked for a ceasefire, the United Nations Security Council held an emergency meeting, and an envoy of the Biden administration in America is making the rounds. But Israel is still, officially at least, holding out. Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister, said it, quote, will take time for hostilities to end. Its armed forces insist that Hamas's military capabilities must be degraded first. Behind the scenes, they acknowledge that a ceasefire could be imminent, yet each side will not want to appear to have capitulated, meaning that every rocket or airstrike risks escalating the conflict further. The Sawtooth Economy – Japan's Double Dip During its lost decades, Japan's economy has suffered not uniform stagnation, but a series of recoveries and reversals. Its growth resembles a, quote, sawtooth, not a flatline, as Adam Posen of the Peterson Institute for International Economics, a think tank, once pointed out. The image remains apt. A pandemic-induced contraction early last year was followed by a fang-like recovery in subsequent months. But figures released today showed that the economy shrank again in the first quarter of this year. GDP fell at an annual pace of 5.1% after the government imposed a second state of emergency in January to control another wave of infections. A third state of emergency, declared last month, will also slow the recovery this quarter. As a consequence, even as America endures a period of unusually high inflation, Japan faces another spell of falling prices. The Bank of Japan, the country's central bank, hopes this deflation will be short-lived, but none of its tools appear to have much bite. 
Independence Day, Somaliland at 30. 30 years ago today, Somaliland declared independence from Somalia. The country of 4.5 million people in the Horn of Africa can look back on three relatively successful decades. Unlike its larger war-torn neighbor, Somaliland is stable and peaceful. What the smaller nation lacks, however, is recognition of its sovereignty. It has been under the nominal suzerainty of its bigger neighbour since the one-time British Somaliland united with the former Italian territory to create modern Somalia in 1960. Though foreigners sympathise with Somaliland's lack of statehood, Western and African countries say that formal independence must have Somalia's approval, which it will not give, lest it encourage its own restless areas. So Somaliland is stuck, independent in practice, but not in the eyes of the rest of the world. This makes it harder for it to attract aid and investment, a big problem in a country of mass youth unemployment where 70% of the population has been born since 1991. Playing Cupid for Jaws – How to Make, quote, Baby Sharks when it comes to occupational hazards, even the pluckiest aquarist could be forgiven for balking at artificially inseminating sharks. In fact, it is quite safe, at least when great whites are skirted in favour of the gentle three-foot white-spotted bamboo shark. This pint-sized species is unusual among sharks in that it lays eggs, easier for tracking development. As described in scientific reports, a journal, the procedure is quick and painless. It takes less than 10 minutes for a female to be sedated, inseminated, and returned to water. This has been done before, but never on this scale. The program spawned 97 hatchlings, two of whom were born by parthenogenesis or virgin birth. Many species of shark are under threat both in the wild and in aquariums. As their numbers decline, a shrinking gene pool becomes an existential threat. Initiatives like the one outlined in scientific reports boost genetic diversity while sparing marine biologists the considerable trouble of transporting male sharks around aquariums. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Bertrand Russell, who was born on this day in 1872. Too little liberty brings stagnation, and too much brings chaos. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.